0: Um, It's an absolute honor to be part of this family. I love being part of this family. I love how um, this family is wildly compassionate, fiercely generous, uh, not just with finance, but just with encouragement and love and challenge and truth. You are a gift, a gift to each other and a gift to this city. You know, friends, sometimes we just need to hear one word, receive one picture And we know in that moment that everything is going to be okay. Sometimes we just need to hear one word or receive one picture of nearly like one hand to be held. And we just know in that moment that everything is going to be okay. This morning is a very simple message. And I'm not quite sure how it's going to end. See, I have a sense today that God is wanting to do something amongst us. And this word amongst is part of who he is. He is not an aloof type of God. He is not afraid of the muck and he's not afraid of the mess. In fact, it's how the whole Easter story started in the muck and the mess. Brilliant glory in the muck and the mess. So God is not afraid of your muck and he's not afraid of my mess. In fact, he loves it. And he's drawn to it and he steps right in amongst it. And when we're singing before, and I love hearing the drums because it feels like a, um, feels like we're beginning to march. Not in an, an aggressive way, but just in a, a gentle way. And some of us have this idea of this army that God can use. It, this, they're perfect, that they look... They just look perfect. They, they're all seven foot. They look more something out like of a gladiator. But the army that God always has used is the broken, the battered, the bruised, the people who feel disqualified, discouraged, and they feel like we've been put on the slag pile of life. And God says, I choose you. I choose you. I choose you. So there is no, I declare this over each and every one of us, there's no one too far gone for the grace of God. There's no one here too battered, too bruised, too broken to be used by him for his purposes. Um, This week, what we're going to do, I'm going to speak for a few minutes, and then the kids, right now, they're listening to Jesus for you. They're going to bring some little post-it notes in, and they have some messages of hope to give. Because sometimes we just need to hear one word or get one picture that enables us to help and realize that we're going to be okay. I know for some of us this week, this last month, this last season, it feels a little bit like the start of Dad's Army. Does anybody else remember Dad's Army? <laughs> I can't remember the words either, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And they're probably politically incorrect and all the other. But what I always remember from the start of this show, and if you haven't seen it, if you go on that YouTube, you'll be able to see it. But you have the start of it where you see all these arrows pressing in. And the arrows are coming from here, and the arrows are coming from there, and they're coming from here. And it feels like you've been pressed, and you've been squeezed, and you've been pushed around. And you're kind of at this point where you're thinking, I think I could be at the breaking point. This is maybe where other people, that's when they break. The amount of pressure is in on me. This is where people go do lally. This is when things fall apart. Is this going to be me? Am I going to crack under this pressure? This is an incredible passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 23. Paul who had an encounter with Jesus, had one word, this one encounter with Jesus, knocks him off his horse, literally. And Jesus picks him back up, puts him back on the right track. Paul then has this encounter with Jesus, what takes him all around the world. And wherever he goes, he's speaking about Jesus, demonstrating the power of Jesus, and just living out the Jesus life. And when you do that, it gets you into some tricky situations. And where Paul is in Acts chapter 23 is just this pressure pot. He's got pressure coming at him from every different environment. Pressure from the church, pressure from the religious leaders, pressure from the political leaders. This man is in a pressure pot. Um, Let me just read this first part to you. Uh, Some of it won't make too much sense on the context, but I just want you to feel what it feels like to be in his shoes. So if I had an opportunity to give you all a new pair of shoes, I would in this moment. To take you to that place where Paul was. Where those big arrows of pressure, those voices coming over you and that tide or under current trying to drag you. This is where Paul's at right now. Paul Um. Yes, yeah, so Paul, is in, at the end of uh, chapter 22, Paul was led in and took his place before them. Paul surveyed the members of the council with a steady gaze and then he said his peace. Friends, I've lived with a clear conscience before God all my life up until this very moment. That set the chief priest Anani- Ananias off. He ordered his aides to slap Paul in the face. Paul shot back. God will slap you down. What a fake you are. You sit there and you judge me by the law and then break the law by ordering me to be slapped around. His aides were scandalized. How dare you talk to God's chief priest like that? Paul acted surprised. How was I to know he was a chief priest? He doesn't act like a chief priest. You're right, the scripture does say, don't speak abusively to a ruler of the people. Sorry. Sorry. Paul knowing that some of the council was made up of Sadducees and others of Pharisees and how they hated each other. And it was like their joint hate of each other was now fueled, multiplied and directed straight at Paul. Um, I am a steward, um, stalwart of Pharisee from a long line of Pharisees. It's because of my Pharisee convictions, the hope and resurrection of the dead that I've been hauled into this court. At that moment, he said, the council was split right down the middle. Pharisees and Sadducees going at each other in a heated argument. Sadducees have nothing to do with the resurrection or angels or even a spirit. If they can't see it, they don't believe it. Pharisees believe it all. And so a huge and noisy quarrel broke out. Does anybody feel like that's where you are right now? Just in the middle of a fury of argument and quarrel. And you're thinking... When will there be peace here in this moment? Welcome to Paul's shoes. Then some of the religious scholars on the Pharisees' side shouted down the others. We don't find anything wrong with this man. And what if the Spirit has spoken to him? Or maybe an angel? What if it turns out we're fighting against God? This was fuel on the fire. The quarrel flared up and became so violent that the captain was afraid that they would tear Paul apart. Limb from limb. Some maybe even got a hand on him and were starting to pull and beginning to cause pain. So whether you feel like you're in this middle and you have been pressed in, Whether you feel like you're in the middle of a quarrel or whether you feel like you've been pulled apart, you know what it is to walk in Paul's shoes. So the captain ordered the soldiers to get out of there and escort him back to the safety of the barracks. And then we have verse 11. Verse 11 is that one word. Verse 11 is a little bit like um, heaven speaks. Verse 11, it's a little bit like Cupid's arrow, but in a non-fluffy sentimental way, but Cupid's arrow flying all the way from heaven and landing right in your heart. And you know it's a message from God for me. And just on that, Adam, I had a sense before for you and Phil when you are standing together that you are both leaders. Where's Phil now? Is Phil gone? Phil Simon gone? Um, but you are leaders and um, you complement each other as well. Like even as you play football, there's a complement uh, thing going on there with you both and there's, there's leadership in you and the leadership starts when you're on your knees. But there's leadership on you both and we just want to throw fuel on that fire. Of that, we don't know where it's going to lead us, but we trust you as leaders, um, and we honor you both. We'll, we'll grab you later. If somebody can grab them later, we'll grab Phil Salmon as well, and we'll pray for you. We, but we honor you guys as that as well. Um, and it's the little things are the big things. So thank you for being faithful in the little things on that. Uh, so these Cupid arrows, and this is verse 11, is one of those arrows straight from heaven to Paul's heart. And I know you want me to read it right now, but I want to go on and skip it for a moment. Because we sometimes have this impression, when we hear a word from Jesus, then everything is going to be okay. Like suddenly the the cloud parts and it's sunny forever and ever. Amen. Well, let me read you um, verse 12, just to encourage your heart. The next day the Jews woke up. And worked up, sorry, the next day the Jews worked up a plot against Paul. They took a solemn oath that they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed him. Woo! How about that for encouragement after you've heard from God? So I just want to encourage you that when you're discouraged, be encouraged. Let me say that again. I want you to take most of your encouragement from your discouragement. When discouragement is thrown at you, you need to do the kung fu karate thing and use the power of the discouragement coming at you and do one of those kung fu moves and you use the strength of the discouragement to just flick it off and use that as an encouragement for the next season. Too long and it does my head in. Too long and it's where people take this step towards Jesus and then the enemy hates it and hates them and then instantly takes their legs. And it feels like, man, I'm in a worse place now than I was before I said yes to Jesus. So I want to let you know that if you feel like you've been discouraged or disheartened of late, be encouraged and take heart. Because all it is, is the enemy is trying to get in there and swipe your legs. So stand strong, stay true to the cause. For Jesus has started a work in you and he will take it on to completion. He's not half a job Jesus. He is not half a job, Jesus. He has got a plan for you and a purpose for you and he's going to take it on to completion. I'm going to get to verse um, 11, but I just had a sense in the week that this was for somebody. Um, And this is the opposite of how you've been feeling. Well, it says this, instead of your shame, I don't know who this is for, this is an arrow of truth from heaven to land in your heart. Instead of your shame, you'll receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you'll rejoice in your inheritance. From Isaiah 61, verse 7. If you've experienced anything of what the old enemy will throw at you with shame and disgrace, Jesus says, I've got something else for you. Instead of shame, you'll receive a double portion Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. Jesus doesn't want anyone in this room to leave this building in shame or disgrace. It's not who he is. It's not how he does business. It's not how he does it. I don't know who that's for. If that's for you, I'd encourage you to grab some later and say, "That was me. Would you pray for me in that?" So, who would like to hear what verse 11 is all about? Is anybody here needing a word from Jesus? Needing hope for the next season? Thank you for your honesty, Mr. Wilson. Jesus loves the hand up. When I first read this, it was actually a few weeks ago when Kevin and I were up in Gl- um, near Aviemore. And um, I was about to speak on something else and Jesus just put this on my hand. And I looked at it and I was just stunned by it. So, right in this whole context of all the pressure being pulled apart, that night Jesus appeared to Paul and said, take courage. Jesus himself comes and stands with you and speaks, take courage. So when Paul the next morning hears these voices, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to rip you apart, the pressure is going to overtake you, the stress is going to be too much. He's already heard Jesus. And I pray over each of us, heavenly tinnitus, that we will just have this ringing in our ears, reverberating in our hearts, that he is with us. He doesn't wait for us to get out of the muck. He doesn't wait for us to clean ourselves up, but he gets right in there. He says, I am with you. Take courage. Take courage. So I could keep talking and talking and talking, but I think Jesus has got some arrows from heaven for you. And I've invited some people to do that. Would somebody mind nipping to get the kids and saying, we are ready? Would that be all right, Miller? Just, uh, do you know where they are? Oh, really? Uh, just out of here, turn left, left. No, it's, I'm so bad at direction. No, turn right, Miriam. <laughs> that is so. <laughs> and then right again. Yeah, I don't even know It's sounds that way, right? you. Um, and also um, for those who've um, been listening to Jesus in the week would you just come up now would you just come up I've asked our wider leaders and our small group leaders thanks Abby uh, just coming up coming up and these are just um, quick arrows from heaven to the heart I know there's more people um, have heard from Jesus than that so just coming up thank you thank you and even if you haven't got somebody something for somebody right now uh, maybe as you come up Where's Maka? Is Maka gone? Um, I know that some people have others from Words for People. So, Abby, you go
1: first. Thank you. Um, Just two things. When we first started worshipping this morning, I just got a picture straight away. um, And it was of cards being dealt. um, And I don't know whether that's because I was thinking of Jude and finding his debit card within a a pack of playing cards. But I just got the sense that there are... People or one person here that feels that the cards that they have been dealt in life are unfair, and we just say take courage. You know, if that if you do feel like the cards that you've been dealt in life are unfair, um, or perhaps what not not what you had planned, then come and find me, or come to the come. Where are we going to? Where the space? Where's the space? I'll I'll. Um, take myself to a space you can come and find me and I'll pray with you um, and the other thing was just um, like a, an onward thought from what I said earlier someone said to me thank you for what you said as I was dropping off my kids um, and it's really great to know that somebody as perfect as you <laughs> feels like that and I just want to encourage you if anybody wants to know somebody who's not perfect come and spend 24 hours with me because I am NOT perfect I don't think there's anybody in this room that would say they are perfect. And I do have struggles within my mind. And I have been in worse places than I am right now. But I've also been in better places than I am right now with my mind and the challenges that I have within there. So if there's anybody in here that has challenges within their mind, that has words going through their mind that aren't true, if you have words that, um, other people have spoken over you, if people have told you that your life doesn't amount to much, if people have told you that you're no good, if you tell yourself that you're a failure, come, I would absolutely love to pray with you because God has given us sound minds. And I do believe that. That doesn't mean we don't struggle, but it does mean that He, we need to take courage, as Andy says. So that was me. Just an impression of sort of a river and sort of it was going along. So it's sort of like the Holy Spirit is the water and sort of you're the river bed. And sort of some of us sort of might feel that there's sort of big boulders sort of in that river bed. And sort of what happens is that the Holy Spirit comes along and sort of all the water's churned up. Sort of all your life is starting to feel a bit churned up that it keeps hitting this thing if it's unforgiveness or sort of pain and sort of all of it is unsettled and sort of God wants to sort of roll those things away he wants you to sort of deal with them but also sort of he wants you to have sort of life where it feels like you are by still waters that peace because it's only him that gives us that peace and sort of if you feel a bit like that then sort of happy to pray with you guys.
2: Um, don't, don't usually uh, want well to pick out somebody in public, but uh, Andy asked if somebody wanted the word. And Graham was the only person with his hand up here. Yeah? Okay, so uh, oh right, Okay, so um, so about about four weeks ago, five weeks ago, I'm having a conversation with you, telling you I don't want to dress as a superhero because Jesus is my superhero. Yeah, yeah. And then Jesus starts speaking to me and about yourself and Catherine as a a ministry of pulling out these superheroes in God's kingdom. He started praying for Mike the other day about being Iron Man. And I just sense God saying this. You're going to come alongside somebody who is so insignificant, so small, and yet you will see them as Ant-Men. You will say you are not a sluggard. You are not a person who is not a team person. You are a team person. You are a hard worker. And I call out the strong man in you. You're going to come alongside a young lady who sees herself as invisible and insignificant. And you're going to call out in her significance so that her purposes in God are being called forth and called afresh. You're going to come alongside a young man who is full of green rage. And the Father says you're going to call out of him a gentle giant, and generations of people will build upon the shoulders of that giant. I feel like God's saying that you'll see the man who's the, feels like I'm just a computer geek, but in fact he's the most stretchy, elastic, bendable man who can go distances in God. I feel like God's saying that I've given you a spirit of David to defeat Goliaths. And that you, along with your wife, have a superhero ministry. Uh, I see you uh, understanding gifts in the spiritual realm of superheroes. And you're releasing gifts of superheroes across and into people's lives seeing the good things of God. I bless you.
3: Um, Just in the week, the Lord put that song on my heart, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. And sometimes I think we expect that to be like an instant break the chain. And sometimes actually our heart cry for the chains to be broken are for other people and for other things going on in in and around us in our city and we're crying out for God to break the chains. But I felt like God wanted to say that, first I wanna start with you. And it might not be an instant break but today is the day that I'm going to start the process and I'm going to start the undoing. And I felt like it was not even like what we would maybe call like a massive thing that we want broken off, but it was the small things that have become normal parts of our lives and we've accepted them, whether that be lies, whether that be bad habits, whether that be coarse language, things that have become acceptable in our community that God says, actually, that's not my heart. And he's going to start an undoing process of breaking the chains. But first, he's going to start with you. And his purpose for starting with you is so that then you can go to someone else and say, I've seen it in my own life. And now I want to share with you that Jesus can break the chains. The second thing I felt was that um, some of you are longing for strength to keep going. And God's been reminding me lately of this question, where do you get your strength from? Where do you get your strength from? And the Lord has been teaching me that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And that joy actually is a choice. And joy requires us to lift our eyes to the Lord. Our joy is in the Lord. And if you put your joy somewhere else, it won't sustain you. But God wanted to pour out more joy, more joy, more joy, more joy, more joy, more joy in His character, in His never-failing goodness, in His faithfulness, and that this will be your strength. So, if either of those two things are something for you, I want to pray for you, and um, that joy will become your strength, and that joy will be rooted in the character of the Lord, and that the, the Lord would just gently start undoing and ministering to you, breaking the chains. So that you can then go and testify to the people that the Lord breaks chains. You.
4: If you could hold that, that'd be great. You can just hold it there, and, and I'll you. Hello, we've been down there, and we've been watching a little clip of Inside Out, if you know the the Disney movie. It's been really helpful just to see about what happens on the inside we had a little bit of a think about joy and sadness and fear. And um, yeah, so after that we had a little time to, to ask God if he had anything for anybody in here. And we did. Not everybody, and it might just be our imagination, and we kept it to positive good things. Uh, but we do have something for you. So, the first one we had, an older lady... Not necessarily old, just older, 60-ish. Um, somebody, there was a, definitely a picture of somebody in a bronze jacket walking past some gates. The gates were open, but this person was scared. And the message was definitely, go through, don't be afraid. Okay? We also had a very specific um, picture for somebody in here and that person was Graham Wilson (laughs) and this was um, a picture of Graham Wilson drawn by Graham Wilson on brown paper with fields and hills and most definitely Graham standing on top of a hill and light shining very purposefully on you, and um, another child added to that to say that they they, when we asked for a bit more detail, that you were praying on a hill. As that light was shining on you, um, and that was for you, Graham. We also had a really awesome green car with right red lightning bolts. Which was awesome. Nobody in it, but it was a cool car. So, um, we also—if that—if that means anything to you, I would love it if that meant something for you. And it could just be our imagination, but that's great. Cool. Mm. In that car. It had had lightning bolts on it. Um, We also had another picture from another child of a stream and a robin. But the robin had never been to the stream. Robin had never been down to the stream, but wanted to, but had never been down because it was afraid. And then another robin came to that robin and said, go down to the stream. Just encourage you to go down to the stream, so the robin went down to the stream, and which I thought was a cool picture, um, the two robins and 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 obviously the picture of a stream. And we asked again, is there anybody that comes to mind that that could be for? And um, Angie, that was for you, Angie. That was for you. Um, we also had angels flying above house, and that house was um, Nathaniel and Fiona's house, so we had angels flying above your house um, today, and one child said it was above Nat's house, and another child, I didn't know that Nat had said that, um, that having said, had a picture of Fiona, which is cool, so angels are flying above your house, that's from Vineyard Stars this morning, thank you. Week. Okay.
0: Can we just honour them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the amazing thing about kids is they're just like, yeah, <laughs> like not arrogantly, but like they just hear so well from Jesus, so easy from Jesus. There's Maka. Okay. Maka, Do you have anything, Maka?
1: In so um, I just have a really simple message, it's just actually off the back of what you said um, I just feel there's a sense of striving in here this morning but you're not called to strive you're called for significance you're, called, you're not called to be successful you're called to be significant um, and there's a really clear difference between that um, I don't know who that's for, I'd love to speak to you and pray for you um, but yeah the difference between success and significance, whoever that's for this morning.
0: Thank you, Sophie. And for those of you who don't know Sophie, this is Sophie. (laughs) Sophie is just wisdom. She is kindness. She is compassion. She is a front foot kind of leader. Connected to the guy, Sam. Hello, Sam. Sam loves all the attention, loves all that sort of (laughs) stuff. Uh, But these guys were part of our um, community for a long time at the start. So we These guys
5: are still part of our family here. Maka, love you, Maka. Thank you. Just a really simple encouragement uh, not to give up. Uh, Sometimes our children can go away from the Lord. And it happened in my case, you know, we brought them up well and so on and so forth. Then my daughter went to university and the next thing you know with social media, you know, she's hanging around with people, hardly dressed, nightclubs. Uh, stuff like that and it was quite gut-wrenching you know, she I think she did okay But anyway, as, as you do, you pray and you hold on to the Lord and uh, it was quite difficult at times and then about six weeks ago just out the blue she came home from university obviously very happy to see and she just sat in the settee and just wept hard for two days Like literally just wept. You know, and we were sensitive. We didn't like, oh, you know, hitting with the Bible and all the rest of it. So don't give up. Uh, So my daughter came back, asked God for his help and his love. And he's worked circumstances out in in, in a miraculous way. She left at half four, four o'clock, about six weeks ago on a Sunday. She's driving back at 6.30. She attended an Alpha Alphacast. And then she went to St. George's Church, I think it's Gatehead, and she's in an accommodation now, not really good. And she's moving to this accommodation next term, and she's moving right next door to this girl who took her to the Alpha Cross. I mean, it's totally supernatural. So be encouraged. I know it doesn't apply to all of you, you know, you're all happy Christian families and your kids are doing well, but. <laughs> Welcome to so,
0: the broken. Well,
5: for those of us, because uh, there's a situation in here that I'm aware of, you know, just never give up. You know, sometimes there's a lady coming here sometime soon to teach Mariette Lowe. And I did a school of intercession many years ago. And she said, sometimes in prayer, an intercession for your family, your kids who have gone away from the Lord, it's here who fight longest wins, eh? So even though you're praying, you know, and they're still rebellious and doing the stuff and all the rest of it, and there can be kids who even come to church and look like they're following God and they're not, you know. Uh, don't give up. So just be encouraged, you know. And I know my son Joseph; it's gonna the same things gonna happen to him. It's choice at the end of the day. But this was literally overnight, you know. The usual stuff. I'll save all the spiel for time, but you know. The, the list, you know, they come out with a list on of why you Christians think you've got it all right. And literally just sat heavy. I mean it's conviction that does it, eh? You know you can be the nagging evangelist and all the rest of it leaving tracts and Bibles and try and manipulate them into the kingdom. And that's not how to do it. Just pray, trust God, and commit them to the Holy Spirit because he is the best evangelist. Amen. So don't give up.
0: Thanks, Markham. Um and lastly, but not lastly at all, um, we have Eleanor here. Eleanor is um, an absolute gift to us as a community, a gift to me and Rhoda personally. I know to many others in the city as well. Um, Eleanor has finished one season, she's now into a new season. But we just want to take a moment to honor Eleanor. Eleanor has, um, you have championed those who have no voice. And you have been, you have been on your knees, serving the city, loving the city, and literally back into life. These people who are alive today, that simply they're alive because they saw grace through you at some stage in their life, that your voice and your words have carried such a. Uh, um, to such an extent that there's nearly, like the family generation lines, there's a moment where things have shifted in generations because of an encounter with you and they've seen the grace of God for, on you and through you and in you and around you. So Eleanor, your best years are ahead of you. Your best years are ahead of you. You're not retired. But you are free now. And we declare... Um, Yeah, the Isaiah 58 stuff, that's just who you are. You live this out effortlessly. So um, this may be for you or not. I don't know. I don't think it is. Um, It's just this picture here. But I would love for a few people to gather around Eleanor. Eleanor doesn't know this. Um, This is her commissioning service. (laughs) Is that okay? We're going to have a commissioning service for Eleanor as well. Um, So a few people gather around. Eleanor as well. Last thing here, and I know I said last thing there, um, this season you are in right now is not your life. It's just a season. Spring is coming, but there is a work to be done that can only happen in the winter. There's a sense of clearing out the old and the dead, um, like when the leaves fall from the trees, we see what branches need to be pruned. So I don't know who that's for, but This is not your life right now. It's just a season. But this season of winter has to happen so that the dead can be exposed. And you only prune something you love. You only prune something you love. So there's been a whole stack of words there. If none of them have hit your heart, then that's okay. But I know that God has spoke to different people.